emotions. Strike that. I do want to get What was it? Um, like the some, some movie or something had like bad Mickey. He would come out of the shadows, like a cartoon or something, like one of those. Like I normally, I normally do the Mickey voice whenever I play poker with people and I'm dealer. I'll be like, <laughs> "All right, put your cards on the table." Oh, oh. <laughs> Dude, I would lose so much money in that situation. I'd be so distracted. I know. That's awesome. <sighs> okay, well, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, with me is uh, Rogan Ferguson and Dimitri Lylan. Yes. Welcome, guys. Thank you for joining me. Uh, I want to. I guess we should start by having you both introduce yourselves, like you just did off camera, off microphone. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, go ahead, Dimitri. Sure. Uh, so, my name is uh, Dimitri Lylan. I work for Microsoft. I'm a product manager, and my product that I manage is Visual Studio Team Services, and uh, that's our DevOps cloud-hosted product that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, and I'm Rogan Ferguson. I'm a program manager at Microsoft. I work on one of the teams that helps build VSTS. Awesome, very cool. So uh, what have you guys been doing here at GDC? Have you, did you guys uh, give a presentation? Yeah, I actually gave a presentation. Uh, we I did an end-to-end on how you can use VSTS to not only manage your backlog for building a game, but then also use our continuous integration and continuous delivery to get that out to customers as quickly as possible. Cool, very cool. So um, something I've been asking everybody is, as you guys are here at GDC focusing on a game dev audience, uh, when you talk to smaller teams, indies, solo developers, and I don't mean to, to uh, pick on indies all the time because some, some very small teams are just total uh, commercial level, but yeah. um, are you guys seeing a lot of those aha moments when, when you're sort of presenting your concepts to this audience? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'll, I'll share my experience. I've, I've really enjoyed standing at the booth and talking to customers, showing our product. What what they just never saw before is like, wow, you have a product that does all of this and it's like a single product. Like Some people um, that I've talked to over the years, be, being the product manager for something that's both a set of capabilities and a suite at the same time, you know, you can talk about it in either direction. You can use it in either way you want. So so some some some, some audiences out there look at that and they're like, well, I don't need a suite. I just want to replace this one thing or I'm looking for best of breed. But honestly, being here at GDC has been a very different experience. Um, this is the first year in many years that we've had a really strong presence. And um, we, we literally had like like five, six people come up every couple of minutes to our, to our booth to hear the, the pitch that we had to give. And a lot of people were very surprised that we had a suite and actually very felt feeling good about the fact that it was a suite that you could look end to end so um, to me that was the biggest surprise so far that people really really love that and it's great because we do have kind of both perspectives on one product and if that's cool for them you know and then yeah we really have a great story what about you, Rogan? Yeah, no, it's it's been great, uh, especially when I get the indie developers to come up to me. The look on their face when I tell them, you know, you get everything that Dimitri just talked about, but you can get it for free for up to five people. Yeah. And look on them when they're like, wait, I only have four people. This is amazing. You, you're telling me I haven't known this existed the whole time. And then, you know, you get the other questions like, well, what if I'm already using Git, you know, on GitHub? And then I tell them, well, don't worry, we work with that too. You don't have to use everything. You can use yeah. our build, release, and you know we're agnostic and we work well with everyone. You can deploy out to Google Play Store, iOS, which is a very common scenario for indie game developers nowadays. Yeah. You know, go to Azure, go to AWS. We're open, and just the fact that their eyes open up and they go, wow, what what happened to the Microsoft of the '90s? You guys are cool now. I actually heard that <laughs> a couple times. So you know. yeah, 
it's great to see that. Yeah, people really, you know, like they're overwhelmed nowadays. Developers, I mean, I, I know for myself, like think about how many products there are. Just look at so the, the three big clouds, right? Even if you just look at Google, AWS, and Microsoft Azure, sure. um, each one has like 100 plus services. And that's just the cloud stuff, right? Then you have all these tools, and then you have all of these, you know, smaller shops or shops focused like GitHub on one particular, you know, part of the story. Uh, it's really tough to just know what the, he what the heck is out there. And I think we're all um, very much, you know, influenced by the people behind us, so to speak, right? What did those other guys do? And then you look at them and you look at their videos, you read their blogs, or you talk to them, you meet them, you know them, and now you, you are adapting the same products, but I'm, I'm very excited to show people stuff that they've never seen before because, yeah, that's really how we learn, right? If you don't, if you don't know something exists, you don't know, and that, yeah. that's what we're here to try to solve. And like you said, it's when you, when you look at it from you know, a, a new user standpoint, it's, it's overwhelming. It's, you go, uh, how do I really even move toward you know, DevOps? And how, how do I incorporate some of these uh, things as we try to focus on uh, longer projects? The focus that I've seen this week from everybody is like, hey, there's going to be a way that you can start as a small team. Like you said, come in for free, incorporate this, this stuff piece by piece. And now everyone's going like, oh, that, that feels a lot better to hear that. You know, it's uh, so tell me this, what are some of the big problems you guys see yourselves uh, solving for game developers, you know, in, in their current projects? Sure. Um, so I'll, I'll say this. I think we, we have, you know, five particular things that our product does really well. And again, folks can use any one of those five or they can use them as a suite. But let's just kind of break out the five. I think that's, that's healthy exercise. Sure. So agile planning. You know, I'll go, I'll go through, through the life cycle of a normal project. You know, how, how I think about projects when I talk to people. So always think about planning first. And you've got you've to plan your work before you do your work. Certainly, all of us have done work without planning it and have regretted it later, but sure, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's all right. It's part, it's part of being in the real world. But uh, let's, let's assume you can plan. At least get some tasks and bugs and other kind of things down um, for your life as a developer so you know what, which code to create, which screens to build, you know, which, which components to build out. So we have a great agile planning component. They can do uh, a backlog against, uh, against just basic tasks and bugs if that's what you want. You can basically build a list of things to do. You can assign it to people and we can also do much more advanced things. We can set up sprints in our product and you can assign weights to them. You can then get our product to automatically weight out the, the, this, which sprints, which features will land in based on the priority you assign to them and to your team. But we also have like Kanban boards to make it much more visual and it's all very customizable and it's all sort of you know not to overuse the, the word weight but it's like at, at the weight of how much you want to get out of the product how much you need so if you just need a simple Kanban board you just want to throw some tasks around that's awesome go do it go use it out of the box it just works but if you want to customize it you can do that or if you want to use create more advanced queries or create power bi dashboards out of it or export it to excel work on it there at, at scale, at mass, and then re-import it back into the service. Like we have all these capabilities and the edges to support the biggest scale in that arena. I mean, Windows plans, they're, they're building Windows on top of our products. Windows has 11 million work items inside of ESTS. <laughs> not some other version of ESTS that we have behind the scenes just for our teams, not something that is optimized just for Windows. This is the same thing we're giving you. It's just... VST, the, the, the Windows team went into VSTS and they created an account. They did the same thing you're doing. And they, they 
started importing their Agile story into it, and, and they did not have a smooth journey, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, we've talked about this many times now. We, we try to tell that story because it's a great story, but there are you know, 4,000 developers now working this product, and they have all their planning and a lot of other stuff we can talk about as well. So that's kind of one part of it. The second part is code. You've got to have code if you're going to have a product that claims to do, to do kind of the life cycle. Code is a huge part of it. Sure. So having Git source control, TFEC in there is awesome. And then we have um, other parts of, parts of the product, uh, such as like release management, build, test, package management. So all of these things, they complete an end-to-end -end story. And they, I think, really lend well to it. Rogan, any, any thoughts, anything I missed? Yeah, no, I, I think you really covered it. I think the big thing here is that, you know, we see that VSTS can scale to large enterprises, but it can also scale down and work very well for small teams. Mm -hmm. You know, as Dimitri said, we have all these features you can use, and sometimes it's kind of overwhelming when you come from a shop that's like, well, I, I've never really done this before. I've never done Agile Backlog Management, but right. this is starting to become important. You know, it's not, I'm not packaging a game up and shipping it where I have all this time in the world to change my plans, you know. I have a customer who's like, I need you to fix this bug, I need you to get this out, and I want to, I want to download it on my iPhone tomorrow. So being able to like, have them wade into the shallow end, and if they want to, like a very simple Kanban board, one work item type, they can do that. And as they get more comfortable and the need arises, they can kind of expand from that. And really all parts of the product can do that. Like when you look at our source control, if you want to get more serious about like locking things down and making sure that there's good code quality going into the master branch, you can start adding policies. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have them there at the start. And saying that you can, you can build on incrementally. So you can get started with like DevOps Lite today, and then you can build onto that tomorrow as the need fits. So, you know, it's, it's really great that you don't have to be worried about, like, is this something that's just for large companies? No, it scales for everyone of any size. What are uh, some of the good questions you guys have fielded from game developers and game development teams? Um, sure, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give something I can think of. So one of the things that, that a lot of folks are curious about is um, just how much support do we have for, for the type of scenarios in source control that games sort of run into, which is, first of all, the size of some of these games because of the graphic assets. You know, the games get very large. The second thing, there are some dominant players today, especially the AAA space, uh, you know, that, that do source control that's very specific to game developers. So they're asking us questions like, well, are you doing something special just for us? Or you know, how are you supporting sort of our, our audience type? And what we tell them is that, you know, we, we, we have certain things we do well. And um, we certainly have Git inside of VSTS. So if, if Git is a thing that you, you're, you think is good enough for you, then there's nothing that stops you from using us as one of the options. But the second part of it is we support some of the edges of Git and others that might not. So Git, Git large file system, we have that built into VSTS. So uh, Git, Git can't be seen anymore as like one thing. Yes, it is, it is one thing, one protocol, one set of commands. Um, yes, it's one set of tools you download from a certain website, right? Um, but at the end of the day, the service where, where you get Git repository stored has to support certain capabilities if you want to go to sort of more advanced tiers and Git Large File System is one of those places where we're part of that open source community making sure that, that is, it's important to us and, and it's important to even our own products internally. We, we have games, you know, Halo, Minecraft, you know, you name it. We, we have a bunch of game studios inside of Microsoft. It's, it's kind of cool being a company that builds the developer products and builds the games. Uh, yeah. Also all overwhelming a little bit at times, but, but we do have these folks there. So we're, we're making sure the product works for them and therefore we're building those capabilities in. And then we have scenarios which, um, like Windows, you know, something that I, I will admit no game developer that I know of has adopted uh, Git uh, RGVFS system, the Git virtual oh, right. file system. Mm -hmm. But they, they could, in theory. I mean, it, it does add some, some capabilities. I mean, Windows, they have a Git repository uh, that's 350 gigabytes. I mean, just think about what that, what that is. 
world's largest repo, and it's in the same product that you can go create an account. And again, there's nothing magical. Yeah. Um, and they use they use the the same beta driver that we have out in the public that you can download for Windows, and I think it got published for Mac as well now. Um, and you could take advantage of this and see if it works for you. In fact, we'd love to hear from developers if that's working for them. So we feel that we are um, first of all contributing back to open source. You know, we've we've built GVFS for Windows, and we've open sourced it, and G G uh, GitHub and Bitbucket are working to implement it for their source control as well. Again, the server side sort of, of the Git story. We already have it in our product because that's what we built it for. Um, so for me, it's like the source control conversation is very interesting. But we also have historically uh, something called TFVC, Team Foundation Version Control. Um, this is where our source control started. Like We had something called SourceSafe back in the day. I don't know if it's... I've used both of these, yeah. yeah actually, there you yeah. go. You're <laughs> smiling. I'm sure some of your listeners are smiling too, right? Yeah. Um, so let's forget those days, right? But, but those days turned into what TFS became for a lot of customers, and we still have millions of customers, you know, using this product. And yeah, it's uh, still out there. I, I it's sure still out there, yeah, in, <laughs> in a strong way. And we support it, and we ship to it four times a year. You can get our product on premises or in a cloud. That's the way we see it. We don't have a legacy product. We have sure. a product that just ships in two different ways. So um, that type of uh, source control is still, you know, in our products, still fully supported. We believe in it. In fact, uh, talking to the Minecraft team, they're like, yeah, our designers use that to store the binary files because they found that, uh, well, they can use Git for their game source code. They like their uh, binaries instead of TFVC because it does differential saves against binaries, so it only changes parts of the file. It saves them on, on how big the repo has to get. It's an easier UI, and it's, you know, Git is great, but Git is pretty advanced. You know, if you're a designer, it doesn't necessarily want you to be running Git commands and your, and your command prompt. Yeah. So we have some tools there that make it easier. So that, to me, that's been a really interesting conversation. I don't know. Logan, if you had some yeah, for, for me, it's been really about, oh, I have a lot of people come up to me. They go, hey, do you support Unity? Do you support Unreal builds? And, you know, a lot of these tool sets that are common in the gaming community. And one of the beautiful parts I love about this is that something we did for Microsoft internally has actually ended up being a big benefit to the community, especially in the conversation here. Uh, you know, we're trying to standardize on VSTS all throughout Microsoft. And as you can imagine, even though everyone's using VSTS, Windows might say, you know, hey, we need this special thing for our work items, or we need Office says we need to do this, so on and so forth. Minecraft needs that. And we really kind of sat down and said, we, we can't scale and do everything that everyone wants us to. What we can do is make the product extensible open up a marketplace and let people just add on first party, third party extensions to fit the needs that they want. And because we've done that, when I have these conversations, I say like, well, we have some Unity support today. With Unreal, I'm talking to them, I'm like, you could probably set up a build using Unreal in about 10 to 15 minutes, just writing an extension. Then you can go contribute that back to the marketplace. And the next person that goes, you know what, I want to use VSTS, I want to run my builds, and I want to build something that's built on the Unreal engine, I can go ahead and download that extension and start using it today. And it's just the flexibility this now creates where it's, it's almost, I'm not saying it isn't impossible, but it's very difficult to find a situation in which you can't, you know, make the service do what you need to do, whether it be game development or any other industry. And that's just been such a powerful conversation and something that I've just enjoyed talking with people about and just seeing the look on their face and like, wow, I could just take this and no matter what comes down in the future, I should be able to get this to do exactly what I needed to do yeah, and then contribute that back. And a lot of the developers, you know, came up to them and said, you know, hey, it's great that you guys have a, your own cloud, Azure, but, you know, we're on AWS, and they, that's that's a real story, right? We also had people come up and say, hey, we're really invested in Jira. Some people said, hey, we really don't like Jira. You know, people have all sorts of opinions, and the tools change, and priorities change. So I, I think it's been really positive for me to be able to answer all of those conversations with, yes, that's 
that's fine. If you want to use Jira or you want to not use Jira, if you want to use Azure or if you want to use AWS or Google Cloud, we're very extensible. Like AWS published the first party extension for VSTS. It's up on the AWS site. It's pretty fun to see our, our product, you know, promoted through uh, their cloud. But, you know, we're, we're all pretty friendly in that sense, right? Our, our executives might, might fight for market share, but we, we're just trying to make great developer tools at the end of the day. And our um, mindset at Microsoft in the developer division where all this is built really has shifted greatly. I mean, I've been at Microsoft for 10 years now and it hasn't always been rosy, I'll be honest with you, but sure. um, especially since IT took over, it's really been a shift to be like, let's embrace Linux, let's embrace Git, let's embrace open source, let's contribute back to the communities and be, be good, good kind of competitors, but be friends at the same time, sure. open it up for the competitors to bring it in, because I think it makes all of us stronger. I, I have this core belief that I think developers are getting to the point where they're very lucky. We, we, we are starting to get some amazing tools. Like I, I speak about myself as well, like I'm also a developer, 19 years or something and, and going, um, hopefully many more, but like I, I have so many options today, and, and I think developers are going to have to start choosing tools less on capability and more on integration, more on you know who they like, more on sort of what works best for their scenario. And I think that's awesome, and I feel like we can really have, you know have a strong presence there because we have a real product. This isn't fluff. We we can we we have games building on our system. We have uh, iOS apps being built, Android apps being built with our system, and that's by, by built I mean like from planning all the way out through the actual build system that creates the bits and publishes them to a marketplace. And uh, people should just check it out. It's really powerful. Yeah, and I mean it. It really stands to uh, tell the story that. Uh, in the last year, I've been able to be working on a Unity project on my MacBook in Visual Studio. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's that's the sort of thing that I think is really going to um, connect you guys with the game development community because it's not always up to us. If we want to uh, develop a multi-platform mobile game, uh, it's it's going to happen on some sort of uh, you know Apple device because just because of the requirements for Xcode, and that's how yeah. you publish to the to the store when you know we might might like to be on Windows or or, or Linux or whatever the case, but. I think that extensibility is, is really going to make the difference. And what, what better way, like you said, than to go to those people and say, like, if you wanted to configure this yourself, like the people who are the most passionate about it, you guys could spend, uh, you know, 10, 15 minutes on something yourself, or you could let people who do this every day really uh, configure this to best suit their own needs. So I think that's really cool, right? You know? Yeah. yeah. And we have lots of flexibility. I mean, when you, look at, when you look at just the existing build system we have, the existing tasks, first of all, there's so much stuff in there for the back end. Like, we, we have been really focused on back end. Games are a new audience for us to sort of embrace. Um, but when I started to, to look at this audience and, and say what technology we have, I mean, it really maps super well to a lot of real solving real problems for, for the game developers. We would not be here if we, if we didn't think that. Like, let's, let's be very frank. We, we have other things we could be doing. This, this was a real choice we made to come here and talk, and we feel we have a great story. So um, if you look at ju just like any game nowadays has a back end of some, some sort, and you, they're deploying it to some cloud, right, probably, sure. or they're integrating with PlayFab, or they're, you know, they're using some service, and we really have some great uh, capabilities for that that have been super hard and super tested to build Node, to build Python, to build .NET, .NET, core, you name it, compile, compile it, run tests against it, uh, deploy it, package it, scan it for 
dependency checks, you know, static code analysis. There's so much stuff you can do. Um, I mean, there's so many even tasks in build, just in build alone in the marketplace that I don't even know all of them. And I'm the product manager for this product. I keep yeah. finding stuff. People come over and sometimes and tell me something at the booth I didn't know. Like, <laughs> oh, but you have this. And I'm like, oh, we do? Hold on. Oh, yeah, you're right. We do have that. When yeah, we do every that? week. Every week, something new is on there. And I'm just yeah. like mind blown by what people do. Yeah. I mean, we even have people that put games in the marketplace. It's funny. <laughs> I yeah. might or might not have been one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are crazier than others, but we don't mind because <laughs> folks have a choice how crazy they want to get. Yeah. Um, and we have, you know, we have wikis in our product, which is really, really useful for folks. Um, again, it's all kind of integrated. The, the coolest demo, and uh, you know, Rogan here is the one who set it up. I was just kind of run, running through it for people. Uh, was this like, you know, clicking on a, on, on a task? Right. It, it sounds kind of simple. Like you have a web UI, there's a task on a Kanban board, I click on it. Why is that so exciting? Well, it's exciting because in that task, you can see that which code was committed against that task, who committed the code, what builds did it trigger, what the results of the builds were, what releases were triggered, which environments it was sent to, and it's all right there. And it's like, yeah, you, you can get there. It's actually not like... If you spend a couple of days on this product and learning some basics and getting going, you can do that for your basic app. Let's say your app is written, uh, let's say it's an Android-only app, right? You're building only for Android. We can, you can build it in our product. You can plan it in our product. You can release it for our product. You can deploy its backend service for the product, and you can do all of that fairly easily. And we're confident and that you can get it done. Uh, and we're also very much available for the community. If folks out there are having problems, they can reach out to me. They can reach out to, to our cloud advocates. They can reach out to AdVSTS on Twitter. We're actively talking to people all the time, and we, we'd like to learn what we what we don't support well, because we'd like to be you know back at GDC next year and be an even stronger player in this space. Yeah, on top that too. The engineering group is also very involved. It isn't like we're just writing all this and then we're shipping it out and letting folks like Dimitri or someone else handle it. We we literally, and I personally run a group where like I talk with customers directly and we get the engineering group and we constantly are involved in it. We want to hear the struggles. You know, we're developers too and we want to hear the struggles you sure. all are having so we can make sure that we can make those better for you. And I'm so impressed that you guys are letting um, internal game studios sort of also guide uh, the direction of, of this stuff, and uh, how long has that been a focus? Because, I mean, that's that's a big deal. Yeah, uh, they, so the game studios, um, you know, have been sort of a, a long journey because Microsoft acquired a bunch of studios over time and more and more games are part of the kind of Xbox platform, and Minecraft, I guess, is the biggest, most recent acquisition. But as all these teams have come on board, um, you know, there were times when they've had their own engineering systems. There's legacy everywhere you look, right? That's the reality of development. But now, um, you know, we, we have very active conversations as part of what we call the One ES, the One Engineering System Initiative, again, something Satya started, where he told all the teams across Microsoft, um, you really need to standardize on one way of doing things, and you need to make sure that that thing that you're improving contributes to our customer success. Like, that was, that's an edict. Like, that's not a joke at Microsoft. If you're not following that, um, you're going to be in trouble at some point, right? You can, get, you can sometimes have a good reason for it. And, you know, there, again, there's pieces here and there. Uh, sure. There's some teams that still use uh, GitHub for source control but they use like our product for all the, all the build and all the planning, all the release management. There are some pr teams, again, through acquisitions, right? This wasn't like companies started Microsoft, but they started somewhere else and they use Jira for planning. I, I know a team. Uh, I'm annoyed by it as a product manager. Sure, but, yeah. uh, I think we're better. I think we can, we can do it for them, but they have some really good compelling arguments. They built all this automation, all this custom investment over many years around Jira and they're kind of stuck to it for now. You know, they have yeah. to prioritize their life, but again, they're using us for source control, they're using us for build. And to me, that's actually a cool story to tell because 
it proves that even within Microsoft, it's not just one thing everywhere. And we've built our product specifically to adapt to that scenario. So if yeah. you're coming in with your own source control system, we've, we have GitHub and Bitbucket support built in. We have an extensibility marketplace to add more options to it. Um, if you're writing it in, in something other than .NET, we, we support Node, we support Python, we support Go, we support Ruby, we, we can build Android, we can build iOS. We have Mac and Linux agents in our build cloud. Nobody else has that old three, Windows, Mac, you know, Linux, and Windows in, in their cloud, we do. Um, so we, we are we are doing that again, not, not you know, kind of selfishly, not, not only for you, but also for us, because we needed iOS build agents too. It wasn't sure. like, like that. I mean, Minecraft has build agents sitting under their desk, but they're also using the cloud ones, and they're also using ones in Azure. So, so there's all sorts of mixes, and that's so exciting to me. I'm, I'm going to shut up now. I can keep talking about this forever. No, that's, that's what we're here for. Yeah, I know. I mean, we, we literally used to have two Mac minis in the North Carolina office where we had to have a giant sign that said, do not unplug, do not unplug yeah. power. They're <laughs> running our builds. Yeah for everything we need there, so it's funny. If, if there isn't a big company out there with a sign next to some computers that says don't unplug, then they're not a real company. It's true, it's, it's a rite of passage it's to right have something passage. that can't be unplugged for sure. So uh, tell me this, what, are, what would you say are some of the best learning resources people can check out just if they're uh, still on the outside looking in? Yeah, there's a lot out there. Um, I'll give a few, and Rogan, I'm sure we'll have more. So some of them are, of course, go to our main website, visualstudio.com. Uh, if you need to find VSTS specifically, Team Services, it's right there on the homepage. Just click on the second icon from the left there in the middle. Um, you can just search for VSTS. We also have great documentation. Uh, if we don't, let us know if we're missing something, but we have a whole doc center. Um, so we, we have a new effort at Microsoft to centralize all our docs in the central repository. So it's docs.microsoft.com. That's where Everything is being still pulled together into, but all our stuff is there uh, for Azure, for VSTS, etc. And then um, we have lots of great videos. If you go on YouTube, we have a DevOps channel for the Dev called DevOps of Microsoft. We're, we're putting up videos all the time. We have a Visual Studio channel as well. And then uh, you know we have lots of blog posts and everything else. If you Google for something, there's a good chance you will land on one of those resources. And yeah, what no, else? absolutely. I think the videos are the best place to go because you know sure. me, me personally, you, you start reading docs and they're long. It's docs. Yeah, it's yeah. reading. I don't want to read. I'm, I'm like a developer. I'm lazy sometimes. But like, we have a lot of folks in the engineering team that are very dedicated. I've gone and done it. Um, a few others like uh, Aaron Bjork and Sandra Batbold have done several series on like, hey, not only here's all of our agile features, but are you scratching your head wondering where do you start? Well, why don't we show you what we do? Tell us our story. And then we'll also show you how you can set this up yourself. And the same goes for build. The same goes for release. And there's a lot of passionate engineering folks that have gone in and made these videos. So you can almost, it's like, you know, today, I when I want to learn something new in coding, I go to YouTube. I type in, how do I JavaScript? Sure, yeah. How to <laughs> Just JavaScript. like everyone else. And like, you know, there's all these amazing resources. And it's just like this. I go here and I can like side by side, pause the video, do what I need to do in VSTS, learn it, and then click play, watch someone who knows what they're doing, explain it to me, and then I can go back to doing it. And like very quickly, you can get something set up and get going and you know start actually getting to the work of developing and it's just amazing to me how many resources there are out there for all that very cool so uh, what does the near future hold for vsts i mean where's the focus going to be in the next month year you know you you decide Ah uh, boy um we we have certain things we're trying to tackle this year uh certainly 
we 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 keep iterating because you know we have a three you know, three week release cycle. <laughs> the the person next to me knows it best because he's living it every every oh, yeah. three weeks. Yeah. Um, so we 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 have features coming out all the time, and we have things we need to, we know we need to polish, and we have certain big features we want to release. But hey, that's uh, I know too much. I I don't like to talk about this because I'm on the marketing team, so I know things I shouldn't talk about. So I'm just gonna be quiet. But Fair uh, I feel like we we have stuff shipping every three weeks and then we ship on premises every quarter so we've got stuff for everybody all the time i mean we're we're really investing everywhere and everything when i when i started here it was a very small team we weren't making too many like the investments had to be really focused like okay we're going to go rewrite the build system and then everyone kind of had to jump on that to help and it there's so many teams now i i get surprised i still find new features and i'm like whoa that that is just amazing. I know we're, we're investing heavily still in the build space. Some of the new things that we, we have out there for previews are YAML. Um, you know, I get a lot of people to go, hey, I want to check in my builds along with my source code. And then I want to like have my Git repo be repos- uh, you know, be mobile. So if I take it to another account, like let's say we spin up another account or another project, I can just automatically have my build spin up because it's just the definitions are in a YAML file. There's a lot of investments going into the Git space. Of course, you know, Git virtual file service isn't done yet. There's still a lot of stuff to do to it. You know, it's a good first start to get Windows on it, but now we kind of need to make sure it works for everything. Um, there's a lot of interesting stuff from enterprise adoption scenarios coming on and for small teams as well. And there's constant improvements in the Agile space. Um, that we see rolling out almost on a, every three weeks. I mean, it just amazes me when I look back five years ago at like our release emails we send out internally where we go, this is everything we released. And I go, oh, there's two, three things. And now it's like I, I can't even keep track of it. I have to set aside time after work hours to read that email because it just takes forever to kind of digest what we're doing. So there's a lot of exciting stuff kind of coming down the road. Yeah, I mean, that all spells out super good news for uh, smaller teams, indies, that sort of thing. It's like, you know, low low risk uh, very easy to learn, and then very active development. I mean, that's sort of the holy trinity, you know. So yeah. uh, that's extremely cool. Uh, for those who are interested, uh, where can you guys be found online? Yeah, so go to visualstudio.com, and on the front page, there's Visual Studio Team Services. You can click to learn more, or you can click to create an account. I mean, it's that easy. It takes 30 seconds, you got an account, and then you can get going right from there. Cool. Yeah. And uh, folks can, can find us, you know, through social. If, they, if, you, if you have a question you're really stuck, just message at VSTS. Uh, our team looks at that, and they can find me at Lylan.com. You can put it in the show notes. They can reach out to me directly. Um, a, a lot of us are on Twitter. A good portion of engineering teams are listening there. And we have in-product mechanisms for sending feedback that's constantly being triaged. We, we truly care. We have a support channel. Once you get to that level of sort of need of, you know, help, there's people you can call. We're not like some, some cloud servers that are nameless. Like, you can get an engineer you're on a phone if you needed to and we've I think I've Rogan, done it, Rogan. I've, I've done it a lot I have I have jumped on the call with a customer on Friday like right at the end of work after work hours like I'm and I'm not just I'm not just an outsider there are a lot of people that are very passionate about helping customers and making sure that we get them unblocked as quickly as possible so cool. yeah engineering team definitely involved all right perfect well uh, thank thank both of you uh, Rogan Ferguson and Dimitri Lyland I appreciate it and I uh, wish you guys best of luck with uh, VSTS thank you so thank much you. thanks As always, if you enjoyed the Game Dev Breakdown podcast, we would love to have you subscribe through iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Player FM. There's an unlimited number of ways to uh, follow the show, so please do that. Reach out to us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, you name it, and we will be back with more great stuff all week from GDC. So thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon.